Band of the Beats drop. The takes will drop as well. Here we go. This is Brothers Ballin' Podcast. And you know what it is, brothers who talk about sports. And today is no different. This is one of the big moments or big uh, times in the sports calendar. The NBA playoffs, uh, very competitive this year. And we're going to talk about the playoffs. This is all NBA today. We got two hosts. John, say what's up to the people. How's it going, people? Great show for you today. It's playoff time. Can't wait. It's probably going to be one of the most exciting playoffs of the probably in the last couple of years. It's going to be one of the most exciting playoff runs we're going to see in a while. Yes, I, I agree with that. And I'm your host, Rob. You guys already know what it is. You already know who we are and what we do. So we're going to get started before we get into the actual playoff series. Talking about this past NBA season, okay? We want to do our picks for postseason awards. We're not going to go through every single award, but we are going to touch on postseason awards. So we're going to talk about defensive player, player of the year, most improved player of the year, of course, rookie of the year, MVP. And then, of course, you know, we'll get, dabble with our first team, all NBA first team selections. So to start, you know, you got to respect your elders in, in this in this thing. So I'm going to go ahead and let John go ahead and give you, it doesn't matter what award you want to start out with first. Let's go ahead and give your pick for that respective award. All right. Let's start off. I, I want us to start off with MVP. MVP. And, okay, let's go. And. The MVP for me of the NBA season is going to be Joel Embiid. Okay. Um, Joel Embiid. Uh, I feel last few years, you know, down the stretch, he, he sort of faded out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Giannis, Giannis got it twice. Um, you know, we've had Jokic get it. Uh, you know, and so I feel <laughs> because honestly, it's, it seems to be a three-man race between those three every mm-hmm. single year. And so yep. this time around, I kind of want Joel. I feel Joel deserves it. He's had a he's had a tremendous year. You know, Big Mac hit threes. I love his Euro step, you know, when he's okay. powering down the lane. Like, he is, he is a force to reckon with. Like, in terms of backing people down and scoring, he is one of the most effective. Um, he is... This year, he's in better shape, mm-hmm. um, which shows because he's played, you know, because usually he's missing like 20, 25 games mm-hmm. because of his body. He's in better shape this year. Yep. Um, love his game. And so I feel that this year he deserves it. So okay. kudos right. to Joel Embiid. That's my yes. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, I think you're wrong. I think it's Nikola Jokic. Uh, Nikola Jokic. <sighs> Is he's won already? That's let's get no, else. but so why see this is the problem I have. Why do we as a that's even as a society, especially in sports, why do we you know penalize greatness? Why is greatness penalized? And I can say, okay, this guy has won six or seven MVPs in a row. All right, let somebody else get it. You know, you don't necessarily have to agree, agree with it, but you can understand. Yo, kick this would be his back-to-back MVPs. Steph Curry won back to that 
back to back MVPs. Yeah. Steve Nash won back to back MVPs. Uh huh. So I don't understand what. Why is it that all of a sudden, after winning it for the first but time, Jokic is like, "Oh, those we've guys, got Jokic for team." Those, but but here's the difference: those guys won it back to back because they were clearly, they were clearly, in my opinion, ahead of the number two guy. That's okay. the reason why they won went back to back. In this year's, like in in this year's, like for example, this season, last year, no question, Nikola Jokic deserved it. To me, there was no question. He was the best player in the NBA. This year, yes, he's still one of the top players in the league, mm-hmm. right? But is is the difference between him, Joel, and Giannis that much different? No, like, it's it, not. It's it, not that much different. But to right. me, the edge goes to Jokic. He has done more with less. Philly won three more games. Okay, then. Then okay. uh well, wait a minute. I don't I don't remember me cutting you off during your your Uh-oh. Joel okay. your Joel Embiid uh soliloquy. <laughs> yes, soliloquy. <laughs> Jokic is top six yeah. in points, mm-hmm. second in the league in rebounds. Second. Okay. Behind who? I mean, I don't know who who's who's number one. It's probably gonna be Rudy Gobert. Mm. Well, you thought it was Embiid? It's not Embiid. No, no, no. I know it's not Embiid. Eighth in assists. Top eight in assists. A center. Top eight in assists. He's a a unique player who has done a good job over the last couple of years, getting in better shape, you know, know, really working on on, on his body. It has led a team to the playoffs, 48 wins. Remember, three fewer wins. And I look at Joel Embiid, and he has been spectacular um, this season. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm. But I don't think that for the last 70-plus games that uh, Nicole Jokic has played, that he has had a, a player better than Tobias Harris. Okay? I don't think he's had a player better than James Harden. I don't even know if the players that he's playing with. He has Aaron Gordon. He's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a defensive player who uh, has improved as a he has good role players. He has good role players. Any of those players better than Tobias Harris? Hmm? I think Aaron Gordon is better than Tobias Harris. You think he's better than you think he's better than James Harden? They just had James Harden for twenty five games. I don't care. He's had James Harden. That has helped his win total. Joel Embiid. Would you or would you um, not not agree with that? Well. They've actually slipped from where they were. No, 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 no. Now, now we're trying to back. No, no. Jokic has done more with less, and the fact that there's three, there are three games difference between their win totals. To me, it's Jokic. Okay, okay. okay. Now, as you... all his stats. Okay, we okay. like talking about stats. All his yeah, stats, okay. stats, stats. So let me give you. So let me give you Joel stats. You know, being that you know. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So then, so then, when, so then when you give me Joel's, I'm going to give you uh, Jokic's right after. Okay? okay. So here we go. We have um, Joel's stats. 30.6 points a game. Compared, 11, to, compared to Jokic's 27. Um, 27.1. Okay. Right. Rebounds 11.7 per game. Jokic's compared to Jokic's 13.8. Assists. 
What, Joel what, averages 4.2. Okay, compared, okay. He averages double the assists. Go, go ahead. Okay. So field goal percentage, uh, mm -hmm. 49.9. Jokic is higher. Yeah. Um, Three-point percentage, Jokic, uh, Embiid is 37.1. Mm -hmm. And Jokic is 33. Is 33, so Joel is better. Okay. Free throws, 81.4 against 81. Joel is so, better. No, no, no. Uh, time out. Time out. Time out. 81.4 to what? To, to, to 81. That's a tie. That's not a, it's not someone's better. You just, see, this is, folks, listen. When you have someone who just at all, like, all ends wants to win an argument, he will go ahead and fill the argument with dribble, okay? <laughs> that's a tie. 81, okay. 80, I don't care, point four. Like, this is not, that's not even, you know, in contention. Shooting-wise, I think playmaking-wise, they are, I think, offensively, Jokic gives you more offensively than uh, Embiid. Wait, he Embiid, gives you more? Yes, because what I what I also credit him for is his passing ability, which is right. superior to um, Embiid. Jokic scores. I think Jokic can score just as well as Embiid. Embiid is a better athlete. Let's not even like kid ourselves there. But Jokic's ability to get his teammates involved, move the ball. Is better than Embiid's, and I think when he, when you take that into account, his passing and his scoring, he's a better offensive player than uh, Joel Embiid. Not by a, a you know a wide margin; it's a very small margin because Embiid is a force inside. But but Embiid takes more outside shots than than Jokic. Okay, that's right? you know that's which is that's which his is preference. which is which is the reason why his shooting percentage is a little lower. Oh, now we but have reasons is, why his shooting percentage but, is lower. But he's a better outside shooter, in my opinion, than Jokic. Um, his, 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 like, he's one of the few centers who can dribble outside the paint, cross over, Eurostep, and get to the basket. Okay, congratulations. Jokic works with his back to the basket. No, Jokic run with, Jokic with his wife's CA moves. With his wife's Jokic, CA moves. Jokic at times dribbles up and initiates offense. Yeah, true. Not on dribble handoffs, meaning he's directing traffic and getting right. guys in the right spots. Which is why, practice. which is why he, which is why he's he's given the nickname the Cookie Monster. <laughs> he's he's a Joker. That's okay. Joker, Cookie Monster, and other nicknames is Big Honey, <laughs> Yoke, Big T. Okay, okay, all right, whatever, whatever. So check out basketball basketballreference.com. It gives you it gives you the complete breakdown of all players in the NBA. If you would oh. like to debate. All right. But so yeah. I don't know what Again, else there is minus, to say. Minus a little beat, period. I don't care. Okay, yeah, that's great. And like I said, if you pick Embiid, I don't have an issue with that. Right. I personally think that Jokic is the most valuable player. Okay. Uh, rookie of the year, I had Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think uh, okay. he, is, he is a future star in this league. Mm -hmm. I would like to see him put on a little bit more muscle. Um, I think if you looked at the last uh, couple of games with Cleveland in the play-in tournament, his ability to affect play inside in the painted area, I think, was limited. Um, so I like to see him put on some more muscle, but I love his ability mm -hmm. to guard, uh, you know, guards or, you know, to defend guards on the perimeter. His ability to rebound, he'll, he's developing that touch. But I think he's a terrific athlete, very, very mobile, very switchable. Very good rebounder. He's, I think he'll develop a nice little corner three pointer. 
um, as he, uh, you know, starts to progress in his career. But hey, I'm very excited to watch Evan Mobley um, play in this league, and he'll be very, very productive. So okay. Evan Mobley, my rookie of the year. Okay, even though I listen, I love Evan Mobley. I think he is. Yeah, go ahead. Just great. whatever. Just go ahead and my say. My rookie of the year is is Scotty Barnes. Congratulations. Okay. All right. Scotty, um, listen. Scotty affects winning. Okay. Okay. He, he plays defense. Mm-hmm. Well, his calling card is defense. Yep. He, and he plays winning basketball. He gave them 15 points, seven and a half rebounds, three and a half assists per game. Shooting, okay. shooting at 50%. Mm-hmm. Okay. He got to work on his three-point percentage because it was down to the at 30. But free mm-hmm. throws, he has to work on his free throws. Okay. Um, because he's at 64%. But 50% shooting for a rookie, because you know, usually they shoot mid-30s, you know, mm-hmm. low 40s. He yeah. shot almost 50%, and he is a small forward slash they say he plays power forward, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He to me, he is the next coming of Scottie Pippen. A guy who can do a little bit, who can defend, who can give you points, who can rebound, and who can get assists. I think Scotty Barnes is going to become the new age Scottie Pippen. I think that once you say that, uh, the conversation is over. I'm not engaging. You don't. I'm not. I'm not. Have you watched Scotty Barnes play? Scotty Barnes is good, but you start comparing him to one of the best perimeter defenders in the history of the NBA. I have a problem with that. And you're telling me that Scotty after his first year, Rob, I'm saying that he's becoming. It's gonna take some time. It's gonna be a couple years. No, not becoming after your first year of Scotty Pippen. Six nine. Who cares? I don't care if he's seven feet. He can't defend. Don't disrespect. You tell me Pippen. he can't defend. You tell you tell me he can't defend. He can defend. Yes, congratulations. There's a lot of guys. Scotty defend? defend. Yes. A all, he's a, he he's a all world perimeter defender. If right. you are, if you Scotty are creating Barnes can a, become listen, an all world defender. Like, but what? you don't. What? But hey, there's levels to this. Okay, <laughs> Pippen. If you were creating an all defensive team in the NBA history, Scotty Pippen is on the all defensive. Right. I agree. Team. So I'm not giving uh, Scotty Barnes that kind of those kind of accolades after Rob, one year. Rob, okay, I think I think you I, I think you took the gun a little bit. I said that he can become no the oh, next I version of Scotty. Be- yes, name someone else. You got to put some years in this league before you start getting Rob. mentioned with Scotty Pippen. Disrespectful, <laughs> absolutely disrespectful. Wow, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Dis- no, I don't have an issue with. If you ask Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes would say, uh, I don't think I'm I'm comparable to Pippen yet. Rob, Come I'm on. not saying he is yet. I said he can become. He should not be mentioned with Scotty oh, Pippen's name. Lord Jesus. Should not be mentioned with, with Scotty Pippen's name. Wow. Should Scottie not. Scotty Barnes, um, I'm going to at you. <laughs> so you listen should, to this. should not be mentioned in the same sentence with Scotty Pippen. Wow. 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 All right. What do you got? What do you have next? Wow, that's a lot of hate. It's not. It's no hate. All I said that is that he can become, and I just Man, got attacked. I, you did not get attacked. You got. Wow. You, I had to. I had to tap you on the shoulder and wake okay. you up a little bit. You get. See, that's the problem. You get too excited. <laughs> okay. Somebody right. put eighty-two games in. It's like, woo, woo. <laughs> come on, man. Okay. All right. Scotty, I'm on your side, brother. All yeah, right. Scotty Pippen. You're right. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, defensive player of the year. 
Yep. I think we should defense player of the year. My guy for defensive player of the year plays for the number one seed, Miami Heat, and that is Bam. I got Bam out of Bayou as my defensive player of the year this year. And from the department of redundancy department, I have the best defensive player is Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert changes games with his ability to block shots, his ability to rebound, and his ability to alter shots. Rudy Gobert, he is the, the stifle tower is the prototypical you know, uh, defensive hey. center. I, listen, Man, listen, he blocks shots. I, I don't know why I didn't get my Rudy Gobert 2021-2022 uh, blooper reel. Who on, cares? On, on the lack of his uh, – <laughs> on how on how bad he, he's gotten played a lot this year. No, oh, please. Which is yeah, why. Why? Utah because jazz. his – the guards on this team refuse to play defense. So it puts him in a lot of like bad spots. Yes. Mm. Come on. Who does Bam put? Bam, 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 Bam is more mobile. Bam can Bam. defend anybody. Great. I'm happy and, for Bam. Listen, if Bam, Bam plays, if Bam can also defend Bam. other positions too. Bam plays. Your best power forward. Well, he Gobert can stay in front. Uh, right. What does Gobert do? Gobert plays the paint area. And right. that is a very important that's a very important uh and that's know, where he's effective. But if he gets switched on a power forward or small forward, they're blowing right by him. As 99% they're not blowing of by they're not blowing by Ben. Yeah, but I can Maybe still score. Yeah, but I can still it's I'll have more success in the paint against Bam than I do against Rudy Gobert. So say what you want about it, but you know. Just because you hate a guy doesn't mean that I you have to. I don't hate yeah, him. You, you hate him. You hate him. I don't hate him. I just think that you he, hate. I think that he's you slightly hate overrated. I think he's slightly overrated. Okay. All right. He's an overrated player. That's all. Okay. That's cool. I respect that. Mm-hmm. All right. You are firmly. You are a firm fan. Listen. I, uh, listen. Yeah. I, I really like Rudy Gobert. Okay. All right. So most improved player. Um, oh. I selected yeah. Miles Bridges of the Charlotte. Oh. Okay, so Miles Bridges went from um, starting uh, 19 games last year to being a full-time starter this year at 80 um, 80 games. He improved his minutes, of course, from 30 minutes a game to about 35 and a half minutes a game. His shooting percentage was about the same, about 50%. um, He was officially 49.1%. He did not shoot the three-pointer as well, but he still maintained his free throws in the 80s. Helped uh, the Hornets, you know, actually be, be a team that won. More, that won, of course, more than they lost. Were over 500 for the first time in a while. And then increased his scoring output from 12.7 to about 20.2 points a game. So my most improved, Miles Bridges, and it showed in the wins. His play, uh, you know, uh, affected or his improvement affected his team's improvement in terms of wins and losses. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, uh, he was a very, very much improved uh, player. Miles Bridges, most improved player of the year. Okay. So, for me, it was a toss-up between two guys. Um, between It was actually between Desmond Bain and Darius Garland. But mm-hmm. my heart made me select Darius Garland. Darius Garland, okay. Darius Garland is the most approved. And here's the reason why. First and foremost, let's not forget Colin Sexton um, went down with, se- with a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's 
let's let me break down why I believe Darius should get the. Now we don't need a we don't need a, a breakdown. Okay, we don't need a well, breakdown. Last year he averaged seventeen point four points. Uh huh. Six point one assists. Hmm. Um, he shot eighty five percent from the free throw line. Hmm. This year, okay. He went from 17.4 to 21.7 points a game. So almost 20 okay. points a game. Almost five mm-hmm. points. Okay. Um, his personal fouls went down. Mm-hmm. Game. His steals went up slightly. But his assists went from 6.1 to 8.6. Okay. Okay. And his free throw percentage went from 85 to almost 90. Okay. So he is money at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, his field goal percentage went up two points at 47 um, percent um, field goal percentage and his three point percentage hovered around 40 percent right yep mm-hmm. um, and so and also he played a lot more games he played 68 games as opposed to 54 um, and his, four, yeah. yep and his minutes only went up slightly but um, and he was an all-star this year okay? yep yep he was um, yep now, granted, the last game of the season, he shot very poor against the Hawks. He was like, yeah, I mean, nine like, of twenty-eight. There are tough. levels. There are levels to playoff performance, and I've said it before. Uh, and I don't know we talked about it a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. That is why you never want. There are certain guys in the league you don't want to ever play in a winner-take-all situation. And that's Trey Young. Trey Young's one of those guys. Yep. He does not care about the situation. He is not worried about um, taking bad shots. He is a shot maker. Listen, he is. He is. But think about it. Last year was his first taste of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he, and he has. He is more dangerous on the road than he is at home. Yeah, because he does. Yeah. He he feeds off the crowd, mm-hmm. the negative energy from the crowd. He feeds off of that. Guys like that. He is ice. Yeah. That's why he's ice straight. And I'm telling you, uh, that ice is is about to hit up South Beach. <laughs> I I'm telling you right hey, now. Hey, I'm telling you wait, right now. We gotta hold that. We gotta hold that because I, I got because I got I some predictions. You, I got I some predictions. Telling you right now. I got if some you, predictions. If you are Miami Heat fan, you are not walking. In, you are not walking in in the park <laughs> in round one. Believe it. Hey, let's save that one because oh, I got some choice. I got some choice words for that because I'm like, in my opinion, that that was Miami's worst matchup nightmare. If I was them, I would have rather had Cleveland. Of course, yeah, Cleveland, I would have rather played yeah. Cleveland. But uh, let's let's go ahead and let's, let's kind of speed in, speed things up a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, you said that it was a uh, Darius Darius Garland. Yeah, yeah Darius Garland for was me. your most improved. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you my NBA my All NBA first team. Okay. And then we'll see where we differ, if at all, on this one. I'm pretty sure we'll have a couple spots that may be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my All NBA first team in the backcourt, I have a Luca, and I have Devin Booker. Agreed. I got the same. I have uh, in the front court, I have my small forward as Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. I have my power forward as Giannis. And I have my center as Nikola Jokic, okay. the MVP. That's where we differ. Um, my my first team is Luka, hands down. Devin, hands down. Best team in the NBA, deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatum, hands down, small forward. Giannis, hands down. Power forward slash center, you could almost say. And you got Jokic, I got Embiid. I'm like, it, it, being that I got Embiid as the MVP, it wouldn't make sense for the MVP. Exactly. I yeah. have uh, first team, first team on my list. So okay, all Embiid. 
I respect that, it. That's where we differ. I respect it. Yeah. And I think those teams, obviously, um, all those teams are playoff teams. All those teams have high expectations in the playoffs. And I think uh, it makes sense that I don't know what other variation of this, of the first team that you, you would expect. You know, somebody, it may be a little different, but I'm pretty sure, like, for the most part, this is what you'll see when the NBA announces all. NBA first team mm-hmm. is that those five guys are, are going to be in there. And then, you know, you know, depending on the talk or whether it's Embiid or Jokic, then I think you uh, kind of get that. You'll kind of, you know, get behind that argument. All right. So you want to go ahead and take a break before we do the playoff preview? Oh, yes. Let's take a break. We got Let's a lot break. Um, to talk about here. It's the playoffs. It's, it's can't miss TV. We'll be back. Starts today. Yeah. All right, we are back, and now it's time for NBA playoffs. This is like playoffs. you said, it's an exciting, exciting time. Okay, we got a couple of questions. We're going to go over these questions, and then we're going to go into what we believe uh, will uh, take place in these playoff series. So, first question: Which player or team has the most pressure on them? or him, this postseason? Okay, so I want to start with this. Player, James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, understandably, James Harden. Because for the last few years, there's been talk about James Harden as he fizzles out um, during the playoffs. And usually during the season, he, he plays really well during the season. Mm-hmm. But down the stretch this year, he has looked horrible. He looks slow. And, and not only that, um, his step back is not catching people anymore. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we see mm-hmm. it coming. And well, so it's more so out of necessity mm-hmm. because he's not able to get by guys like he used to. So he's right. going to have to be able to shoot that and start to do the old man tricks right. um, to get you to follow him. But the old man tricks is not working because folks ain't falling for it. Yeah. Right? And so he he understandably has the most pressure. And that's why when we say for me, not only that, the Sixers have a lot of pressure on them, too. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it coincides because the conversation is we, we talk about Joel Embiid being this great, you know, transcendent center mm-hmm. type player. But your team can't. But your team continues to fail year after year. Mm-hmm. And so. I believe that the, the player with the most pressure is James Harder, and the team with the most pressure is um, the Sixers. Now, there's going to be some people may say that the Nets have the most pressure. I don't because of what happened to them this year. Yeah. Um, but um, for me, it's the Sixers and it's James Harden. Yeah, I, I I agree that the Sixers are have the most pressure on them, and I understand James Harden has a tremendous amount of pressure regardless of what he says in the media about how he feels about pressure we all know that's trap that's that's what they call cap okay um I think the player that has the most pressure and more so because of his legacy is going to be Chris Paul Chris Paul this is his best chance this is his best chance to win to win a championship uh, it's about his legacy, right? You're talking about great players and players that, um, you know, Hall of Fame, there's just levels to this in terms of players. This will complete his resume. I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. He's the best point guard 
in the NBA. Point guard. But he's the best point guard in the NBA. Point but, guard. Okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, the ring does matter in terms of where you are in the hierarchy, okay, of little guards. Like, he's the quintessential, like, what they call little guard, like the six feet or, you know, shorter guards, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. You know, has two championships with the Detroit in his history. That's really like in the class. You go back into history. You have Nate Tiny Archibald, uh, but you know Allen Iverson, small guard. His he's looked at not as if he's a lesser player, but in terms of hierarchy, right. it's smaller because he was not able to win the championship in Philly. So he for his legacy, with. no, yeah, you're right. He didn't. He never had a championship team. To, to uh to to win with, but guys like Eric but Chris, but for Chris Paul, uh huh, this is because if he doesn't win it this year, will he ever win one? I think that's where that pressure comes from. James right. Harden, a lot of James Harden's pressure is self inflicted. Right. He is not a committed member to his team. When things start going bad, he's put to bail. He bailed on Houston and he bailed on uh, Brooklyn. So that pressure is warranted. He and there is a lot of pressure on him. Did he bail it, on, so hold on. You, you said he bailed on the Nets on Brooklyn. He do bailed think, on Brooklyn. Do you think he bailed, or do you think he was just frustrated? With, he was yes, he was certainly so, frustrated. So, so the, he wanted so, to leave. Yeah, he wanted to leave, and Brooklyn has a part to play in it too. Right. They did not handle the, the situation. But at the end, my here's my thing. Mm-hmm. James Harden, if you watch his play, he bailed. He didn't play. How do you lose to, to to Sacramento when James Harden only scores four points? Like he quit on his team while playing. Like okay. there is no there is no when it comes to players, there's no bigger indictment. You quit on your team while on while on, on the court. There are instances of him just doing absolutely nothing on both ends of the floor. Like that to me, that's it's more so than being frustrated. That's that's that speaks to your character. Okay. Okay. So that that's my problem. That's you my problem. Valid argument. You know, with, with, with James Harden, I can agree that I've watched you know? him like someone rips him, and and there's no hustle behind the guy. He just stands well, there. Like, and just look at listen. The best example. Look at the Sadiq Bay steal from from James Harden. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is before even Kyrie came back. This is earlier in the season, probably like December, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe December. Um, this is like early early December. He loses his dribble and it goes into the backcourt for obviously what was going to be a backcourt violation. Instead of picking up the ball and just accepting the violation, he lets Sadiq Bey pick the ball up, doesn't even go after, you know, Sadiq Bey and gives up an easy dunk for two points. Like, it's that kind of nonsense that when you look at a guy of James Harden's caliber, that's your doing, that the pressure is on you. Because you have not produced in the most um, high stakes situation, so there's cer- certainly um, pressure. But for me, I said Chris Paul because it's about Chris Paul's legacy. Like this, that's the only thing that you can. That's the only knock you can have on Chris Paul is he hasn't won a championship and he has his best chance. So there is some pressure, right, on Chris Paul. To I agree, there's pressure, but year. I honestly think that he, last year was a little bit easier for them. This year they're going up against bus saws. They got Golden State. Nah, why? Okay, so they're playing the Pelicans in in the first round. They're gonna beat the Pelicans. Four or five, Utah and the um, Suns 
because and you know we'll get into the playoff the yeah. matchup late, you know later so it's the Mavericks or the Jazz so you know they didn't have to play anybody like you said of really significance last year even though I think the Lakers would have beat them had AD not gotten injured but but I didn't think so but but you know we'll leave it at that we'll leave it yeah. alone AD can have okay. played I still feel that the the, 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 the is a better team period no, I think they are a better team. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, obviously this year. Um, so obviously last which, year too. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> which which injury, which injury will have the biggest impact this postseason? I think it's fairly obvious what what the answer to this question is. I know. So the, so I know I know the answers that people are saying is Luca. No, it's Ben Simmons. No. Right, it's, right. It, it's it's Luca Doncic. Right. But I'm gonna say for me. Only because I only expect Luca to miss one, possibly two games at, at most. The one that, that I think is going to be the biggest impact, and we're going to see it after game one, is Robert Williams not playing for the Celtics. Mm. Mm-hmm. To me, if Robert Williams was healthy and played, I'd feel more confident that the Celtics could beat the, the Nets in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. I don't believe with Robert Williams not playing, I don't give the Celtics a chance. I, and I know people are saying, oh, oh I don't Celtics. know about that. Yeah, I mean. Listen, uh, listen, what people forget to, you talk about Rudy Gobert protecting the paint. Mm-hmm. If you were to give me, if you told me, John, I have Rudy Gobert or Robert Williams, you you, you pick who you want for your team. I'm taking Robert Williams. Because okay. Robert Williams not only affects the paint, in my opinion, better a little bit better than Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. but because of his mobility and, and here's the thing, Robert Williams, when he watch his help defense, when he's, when he's helping his teammates. So, mm-hmm. so the other day um, I went on NBA.com and pulled up some, some like past recap videos, right. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, 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 of the, and Jason Tatum, was guarding and I forgot the player he was guarding. Someone picked Jason and Jason's trying to go around the backside to get him. Robert Williams comes in. The guy had an open jump shot. Robert Williams left his guy and jumped, forcing the guy to shoot higher mm-hmm. to miss the shot. His help defense is going to be sorely missed yep. in this series. And his, it's no disrespect to Thice and Horford. Because I think Horford is a decent defender, but his help defense, when his thing, Kevin Durant is going to be a problem. Okay. Jason Tatum cannot, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown cannot resort majority of their energy trying to stop Kevin Durant. They're going to pick mm-hmm. their, they're going to pick their spots to reserve energy for down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Yep. Them not having Robert Williams. I, I guarantee you, after you watch game one, you're going to be like, oh, damn. Mm-mm. This series is a wrap. I, 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 and, you know, everyone's saying, oh, the Celtics, they played defense great. They did when Robert Williams was playing. Yeah. Robert Williams is not going to be there. You're playing the Nets with, you know, to me, the king of dribble, Kyrie Irving. You can say what you want about his character or whatever. I don't care. Listen, Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. is the best ball handler I've ever seen in my life. Hands yep. down, period. Okay. Yeah, no doubt. No and doubt. um 
I think that's that's going to be the biggest injury. Lucas' injury is big, but Lucas' injury is not going to be. I still feel if Dallas gets a split and Luca comes back, let's say Game Three, Dallas is going to win the series. I just don't have any faith in the Utah Jazz at all. So I'm not worried about that. All right. So injury, Luca, because um, listen, it's a calf injury. Uh, Luca's game is about starting and stopping and doing the things to kind of get the defense off balance. Listen, he may not, he's going to miss at least the first two games of the series, if not the entire series. Okay. A calf injury is a serious injury. Remember, Kevin Durant in his last season with Golden State had a calf injury, mm-hmm. which turned into an ACL injury. The last thing that Dallas can uh, afford is anything significant happening to Luca when it comes to uh, his legs because he's already not in the best of shape. So it's difficult. It's going to be extremely difficult for them to move forward if he suffers any kind of you know legitimate or serious leg injury. So his ability, he directly affects the series. Like Dallas has no chance without Luca Doncic. They right. will if he potentially play the series. Yes, yes. if he doesn't play, it's a sweep. Okay, it's a sweep. And if he plays and he's hampered, they're out in five games. Luca has to be Luca in order for for Dallas to have a shot a shot at all in in the playoffs, especially in this first round. Utah is not a great team, but they are enough to defeat Dallas if okay. they don't have Luca or a hampered Luca Doncic. All right, now last question before we do our player predictions. Just tell me the series. That's all. I don't need the explanation. We'll get into that part when we talk about the actual series. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is the series that you feel is most likely to end in an upset? And, and all I'm going to say about my... Just say the series. Nets over Celtics. Okay, I, uh, okay, agree. Now... We're going to go into the playoff predictions. We're going to start out, out West first. Okay. All right. Start out West first. Because you can see that people in, you know, you're chomping at the beat to get to, to uh, the East. Okay. <laughs> I am. Slow, slow, slow down. Slow down. All right. So first one, eight matchup, we got the Phoenix Suns against the New Orleans Pelicans. John, what are your thoughts on the Pelicans and the Suns? And what is your, Series prediction. Okay, so I am uh, excited. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good series. Um, it's gonna be a great learning experience for the New Orleans Pelicans, and it's gonna be a sign to. It's gonna be a message. Really, the <laughs> the message of this series is for a player that's not gonna be playing in the series, and mm-hmm. that's um, Zion Williamson. Um, I see the Suns in five, four one. Suns in five. Okay. Um, I feel that the Pelicans will get one game at home. Mm-hmm. Um and the Suns will make it. I think the Suns will sort of do it just just to kind of get them, you know, into the state of this series. So I feel it's going to be four one, mm-hmm. and the message is going to be to Zion Williamson: Are you going to play or are you going to pout next season? He's not. He's all oh, next season. Okay, yeah. he's he, he's not playing this. Right, he's not playing this season. Um, so I got. Suns 4-1 over the Pelicans. Listen, this is a sweep. Uh, Phoenix is a team on a mission. They had the best player in Devin Booker 
and they have the second best player in Chris Paul. I like what CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram have. You want to see what they have with Zion in the lineup, but they play with a lot of heart, but this is a team in Phoenix that covers all the bases. They have defense, they play offense, they have size, they have speed, they have depth. Great, great coaching. Um, this is going to be a master class in a 4-0 sweep by the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Um, uh, you know, New Orleans will, will make it competitive in game three, but that's it. Um, they're going to get swept. Okay. Um, so 2-7, mm-hmm. that, that is a very – it's an interesting matchup because normally you don't get young teams in a 2-7 matchup, but you do have it here with the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Timberwolves earned the play-in uh, win by beating the Clippers. Uh, and the Clippers are not even in the playoffs. They lost to the Pelicans. Uh, the young duo of D'Angelo Russell, so, sorry, not D'Angelo Russell anymore. It's really Anthony Edwards now. And, and uh, Carl Anthony Towns facing against John Morant and just a team full of guys who can switch, guys who can hit threes, guys who play defense, play with a lot of energy, run up and down the floor. Uh, I see this series as a 4-1 series, potentially 4-2, 4-1-4-2, because Memphis is a better team, okay? Mm-hmm. And I think you saw in the play-in game, you can kind of push Carl Anthony Towns around a little bit. Um, he was pushed around, but they played him very aggressively, the Clippers did. Yeah, Steven but, Adams. Yeah, but some of the fouls were just ridiculous. Sort of yeah, yeah. Called over but I'm, I'm talking about him. I'm talking about him on offense. He was not effective because right. they played him very aggressively. Stephen Adams is going to play him aggressively. He can't, he can't guard him out on the perimeter. But unless Carl Anthony Towns is hitting all his threes, it's going to be difficult for him to be consistent in terms of um, you know scoring in the paint. I see Minnesota trying to pack it in and trying to force Ja to shoot jump shots. Um, in order to beat them, but you know, Desmond Bain, uh, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, they just have guys that can make plays, and they're not like a totally like, oh, they play so fundamentally sound, but they're just so much more athletic than you. Mm-hmm. And they play and they play to their strength, they play with that up tempo style and they play to their strength. It's going to be extremely exciting series. Um, I may be tempted to stay up late and watch um, so, and watch some of those uh, games that may you know come on a little later. But unfortunately, okay, unfortunately for this series, and every every year has to have a series. I think this is your NBA TV um, playoff series: uh, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. <laughs> I okay. think that is your NBA TV playoff series. So. Uh, but I do have, but I do say, um, I like, you know, the Grizzlies to take it uh, four games to two. Well, no, no, I'm a, my listen. My official is 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 going to be Grizzlies uh, four games to one. Okay. Okay. Mine is four games to two, strictly because of one guy who, you know, is not a star on the team but his name is Patrick Beverly. And I think he's oh, going boy. to do his best to get under the skin of John Morant. And because John Morant, and here's the thing, the thing about John Morant is he has that moxie about him. Like he's confident, but I mm-hmm. got a feeling that there's going to be a couple of slip-ups where Pat Bev is going to get under his skin and he's going to, he, he might retaliate. Who? So like, 
like push him off or like or, or like talk some smack to him or something like that. Mm-hmm. I see this series going four six. I mean, sorry, four, four two. Four, four two. six. Okay. Sorry, no, sorry, four two. Four two. Okay. Four two. Grizzlies. Grizzlies are just gonna Grizzlies to me are the better team. Um and so I think this will be a reset for them because of who they're gonna play in the next round. Um, but I got um Grizzlies in six. Four. Okay. Two. Okay. That's my four official prediction. Okay, so next series we have, it's a very interesting series. And talking about injuries, uh, the injury to Steph Curry is a huge injury for uh, the Golden State Warriors. They can't win the championship without him. And they're going to be playing against the Denver Nuggets, uh, who have the reigning MVP in Nikola Jokic, and who I believe will be the next MVP, Nikola Jokic. 3 6 <laughs> Uh, Golden State Warriors, Denver Nuggets, very, very exciting matchup. It's going to be very interesting, like I said, when it comes to Steph, to Steph Curry, whether he's going to be able to play in game one. It's saying that he will play in game one, but he's got to be effective. And can Denver take advantage of him on the defensive end, kind of wear that foot out and see if they can, you know, reduce his minutes? I think even with that being said, Golden State has the depth. I think Golden State has uh, really, really good uh, defensive principles. I think Jokic is going to do whatever he wants offensively, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I like the Warriors four games to two over the Nuggets. And I agree with you. I got the Warriors four games to two. I actually have the Nuggets upsetting them in game one. Okay. I think I, I think that's going to be the game that triggers the Warriors. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they lose this, if, if, if they lose game one, um, and then after that, though, the Warriors will be the Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. So four six, I mean four two. I Sorry, four I don't two. Know why four six? <laughs> four two. All right, last one. Yep, four two. Last one. We talked about this uh, earlier. The injury to Luka Doncic is going to be pretty significant injury. It gives the Jazz a much better chance of advancing in these playoffs, depending on how long Luka's out. Uh, Dallas and the Jazz. I have the Jazz winning uh, this series. Um, I just think that the injury to Luka Doncic is too much for them to overcome. And I think even if he comes back, uh, I think that is going to be – he won't be the 100% Luka that they need in order to advance. So I – and that's, and that's really as simple as it is. Utah is good enough to take advantage of the fact that they don't have that caliber player, um, you know, Luka Doncic. You can't replace his production. And I think that's going to be the, the issue with uh, Dallas. So I like Utah uh, four games. And it really depends on, like, if Luka can play. Like, it's potentially a four, four games for one. What is your prediction? Four, four games, four games to one, Utah. Four games to one. Okay, I have Mavericks over Jazz in seven. I have okay. this. I have this going all the way to seven games. Okay. Um, four, four games to three, uh, Mavericks win the series. Okay. All right. You say Mavs four games to three. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So we go to the East Coast. East Coast, guys. 
This is going to be interesting series. A 1-8 matchup in the East. The top seed Miami Heat against a playing champion Atlanta Hawks. Ice Trey. Ice Trey and Jimmy Buckets. John, what do, what do, what do you see in this series? I got so I got this 1-8 series going to seven. I got wow. I got the Heat winning four games to three. Okay. Four the games to why, three. The reason why I have it go to seven is because of Ice Trey. I think Ice Trey. I think Ice Trey. I think the, the Hawks will win game one. Okay. The Hawks are going to beat the, the Heat in game one. That's going to awaken the Heat. And then we're going to have a war on our hands. Um, but I feel that because here's the thing the Hawks, let's not forget, last year, the Knicks had beaten the Hawks three out of four mm-hmm. during the regular season. When it came to the playoffs, it was a whitewash. Ice Trey made, made himself known. Mm-hmm. He said, I am here. I am, I, am the new merc- I am the new mercenary in the playoffs. And I yeah. feel that, that, that the, the Heat are going to get – I don't think last year was an aberration of the talent that, that Trey Young has. And I, and, and I believe he, he is going to rage war on these on this heat on the heat that series will go to seven but the heat will yep. win four games to three okay all right i agree that this is going to be a long series i don't think it goes seven i think they're going to be a lot of tough games if the heat lose in this first round series i would not be totally shocked because i think trey young has the ability to really put a, a series uh, tip a series on it, put a series on its head when he is able to go ahead and dominate like he dominated in yesterday's game against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult to slow him down when uh, he's hitting that per, those perimeter shots because he'll pull up from 35, you know, 37 feet and will, will knock those shots down and extend your offense and it makes them a better team. The issue for me is going to be the absence of John Collins and that body inside that is going to allow them to rebound and allow them to compete inside against the Heat. Also, Clint Capella got knocked out of the game yesterday against the Cavs. So we don't know how long he's going to be out. And that is their stopper, their best rebounder, their best shot blocker. He intimidates. He is a good lob threat with uh, Trey Young. Uh, it's just going to be difficult, you know, like if Capella is out for an extended part of this series, this could be a four, one series because Miami will just feast inside and Bam Adebayo is going to be able to get all the offensive rebounds and they'll be able to score, uh, in the paint, I think with relative ease without Clint Capella. So I officially have Miami four games to two, um, but you said is, is going to go to seven, the injury. The injury to Capella is something to really take a close yeah, look. Yeah, but at. I think that the backup guy I forgot his name. Um, he is uh, Okonwu. Yeah, yeah, Okonwu. He is. He's a. Uh, listen, him and Bam going to go to war. He is. He, he crashes. He crashes the glass, and he's very good on pick mm-hmm. and roll with Trey. Yeah. Plus, here's one thing that I think people forget: the Hawks have better. The Hawks have better the Hawks have more three-point shooters because mm-hmm. like really the three-point shooting comes from um, Duncan and uh, Duncan Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero. Um, and, you know, Kyle Lowry can, 
can hit you up every once in a while. But like mm-hmm. offensively, I'm not afraid of. Yeah, he's called Jimmy Buckets, but I'm not afraid of him offensively. I'm I'm more afraid of Tyler Hero going off. Yeah, than the Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler going off. So yeah, that's my thing. Like the Hawks have Herder who can hit. Um, they got guys like mm-hmm. like they got guys who are long, who can defend, who can rebound, and who play well off of Trey Young. Um, yeah. The question is, do the Heat slow the the Heat need to slow the game down? Um, because if it's going up and down, it's going to be dangerous. To me, mm-hmm. to me, it'll be dangerous for them. Yeah. And that's I like, the, and that's, that's why the Hawks like the Hawks love playing up and down. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I think yeah, the matchups, the Trey Young's ability, the benches, Danilo, you know, Gallinari. Yeah. Bogdanovic, Herter, those guys, guys if they yeah. can hit, they can hit. They can hit. They got and guys they, and they can, can you know, stretch that defense out. Miami's right. gonna have was gonna have some trouble because they don't score that well. Right. That's their they issue. Don't. They do not score that well. And that's gonna be problematic for them. Um, you know, moving forward. Uh, all right. So this is this is the big this is one of the big series mm-hmm. in, in the first, if not the series. Two seven uh Nets are the seven seed. You know, Boston is the and that's the only reason uh, two why. Two seed. Yeah. Uh, listen, this is it's funny because remember last year, this was a, a, another first round series. They played each other in the, in the first round last year, mm-hmm. but it was the number two seed Nets against the seven seed Boston. Mm-hmm. Now a year later, in you know injuries and trades, it's flipped. It's now the two seed Celtics playing against the seven seed Nets. So um, I'll let you go first uh, with this one. Right and. This is the only reason why, for me, it was the biggest upset because of the placement of the teams. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that seven seed is not really a seven seed, in my opinion. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, I would agree. Um, I have the Nets winning the series in. I debated between five or six. I went with six out of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel the Nets are going to win this series in six games, six games or less. Mm-hmm. Um, strictly because. That Robert Williams injury to me, and I know people are saying Luca, Luca, Luca. That injury to me, because of what he does defensively and on health defense, is going to be missed. And that just that just means Kyrie's going to have layup. Kyrie's going to the layup line. Here's the thing, Marcus Smart. They're going to do. We we know what this is going to do. They're going to put Marcus Smart on on Kevin Durant to force Kevin Durant to go backside and try and, and shoot over. That, that's, what, that's what they're going to do. They're going to put Marcus Smart a lot on him, then switch mm-hmm. up. But the thing is, and I know Kevin Durant was trying to taper down uh, the comments from... From Bruce Brown. Yeah, from Bruce Brown. But Bruce Brown was spitting facts. Like I'm like, look, there's no interior... They're, Horford and those guys, they're good, but they don't, they don't pose the interior threat that Robert Williams does. Mm-hmm. Because Robert Williams can jump out the building. Okay, and so to me, it's going to be here's the thing. The Celtics are going to struggle and and, and you're going to see it in this game one. You're going to see you'll see the reason why I would I pick Robert Williams over Rudy Gobert every day, Monday through Friday Um, Mm -hmm. is there's going to be and I feel bad for the Celtics. You know, the rumor was. They had to get the second seed because Toronto's still not accepting people who are not vaccinated. Yeah, I heard that Tatum is not vaccinated, and you can't afford to not have Tatum playing 
you know, or missing. one of them, either Tatum or or Brown. I think one of them are. Yeah, not I, I heard it was Tatum. I heard Tatum is a person that's not vaccinated. Okay. Um, and so th- they wouldn't have Tatum for those games in Toronto, which would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, um, you know, I, I I just feel bad for the Celtics. No one else besides those two guys scare me. Like I'm not afraid of anybody else in the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I have the Nets um, in six or less. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn, it's, I mean, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, so we're not even going to try to cover that up. But the fact of the matter is this. The Boston Celtics are a very good defensive team. I think Brooklyn, when they are hitting on all cylinders, are an unguardable offensive juggernaut that can really make things work. I would love, I would love to see if uh, Joe Harris was available because he's the best shooter on the team, but he's been out since November and, you know, they've had to use Steph Curry, Seth Curry. (laughs) Seth, not Steph. Steph, that would be, if we, if the Nets had Steph, had Steph Curry, we'd just be counting 16 games and then moving on to a championship. Right. Um, But, you know, Seth Curry, and I think while Andre Drummond has the biggest size and should be able to do some work in the middle, I think Nick, Nick Claxton, Nick Claxton, is going to, have, I think, have a really good – he's going to be pivotal because I think his size – He's active. He's always paint, active. Nobody should be able to stop him from getting to the offensive boards. I think he's going to have a good um, effect when it comes to blocking shots. I'm, I have huge expectations for Nick in this series, and I think his ability to score in the paint, either off offensive rebounds or, or lobs, I think Bruce Brown's ability to play make are going to free up Kyrie and Kevin enough. My concern for Brooklyn is going to be Steve, is Steve Nash. Okay. The reason why I say my concern for Brooklyn is Steve Nash is because he needs to be better offensively as a coach. Okay. And you're saying, wow, you know, Brooklyn's one of the best. <laughs> they rely on Kyrie and KD. And of, of, of course, any team that has those two players, you're going to rely on them heavily. But He's, his ability to find ways to score is, to me, what made him an attractive candidate as a head coach. You cannot consistently play KD and Kyrie 45 minutes plus and expect them to be productive later on in the series, let alone let, you know, later on in the playoffs. He's going to have to find time where he's going to have to give Kevin Durant rest, whether it's two minutes at the end of the first quarter, as opposed to letting him play the whole first quarter whether it's sometime at the end of the third, as opposed to letting him play the entire third, giving him that rest. Because if he is rested and healthy, there is nothing Boston can do to stop KD from either dropping 40 or, you know, dishing out 10 to 15 assists. Okay. There's think, nothing that I they can Kevin do. I think Kevin Durant giving, giving assists is going to be more lethal. In my yeah. Opinion. Like, like yeah. to me. He's been averaging close to seven assists a game since uh, right. the like All-Star break. Like to me, if Katie gives, if Katie just really got to give them twenty-seven points, yeah. Um, Kyrie, Kyrie's gonna be the guy dropping third in this series. Cause look, Kyrie, Kyrie's a problem. Okay, he's a problem. Big time, big time. And big and the time. thing is, if he couldn't play in this series, oh yeah, I would, I would give the Celtics the edge. But them not having Robert Williams, and now and granted, you know, Kyrie. Um, 
is uh, participating in Ramadan, which basically means he can't eat from sunrise to sunset. Um, and so also what's going to be key is his conditioning. Yeah. Because uh, he's not yeah, eating. His, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, his conditioning, yeah, his conditioning to me is, you know, impeccable. He's able to really put it together and he's in excellent, you know, physical condition. He's stayed in shape even when he was out on his, uh, you know, COVID vaccine protest. Right. But, um, yeah, so his, you know, he's, he's a exceptional player. Right. Um, we know in the and, playoffs through the years, he's had some, some nicks and injuries. Of course. Yeah. That's yeah. a big, big concern. Is can, he concern. Right. can he stay healthy? Right. Can he stay healthy? Um, so we both have four two um Brooklyn. Right. All right, last two, two series, Bucks over Bulls. This one also has um some real big NBA TV potential. Um <laughs> this this I, is this is my NBA TV series. I don't know why you yeah. selected uh the other one because I think it's two young teams, it's gonna be exciting basketball, a lot of points. Um, just Memphis, Memphis doesn't move the national meter. Like they're fun to watch, I know. but Memphis I, and Minnesota doesn't move the national meter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just think John Moran is exciting, and I think that oh, uh, I don't know. He's Edwards, He's a... I think Edwards and, and Moran yep. are two exciting players to watch. Yep. They'll be two exciting players to watch. Yeah. I, I I wholeheartedly agree. This is my uh, NBA TV series right here. NBA this, TV series. Listen, I'm going to be real quick with this. The loss of Lonzo Ball affects their ability to really set up the offense and play make. I think DeMar DeRozan is great. I think Zach Levine is great. Uh, I just don't think Chicago, who's been playing terribly over the last month, Stands a chance against Milwaukee. Four games to one, if not four zero. Oh, okay, um, good. Milwaukee. Oh, we agree. Yes, this series I have Bucks four, uh, Bulls one. Um, I don't listen. I I, I really don't care. If Lonzo Ball was there. I, I still have it four one. I don't think okay. the Bucks. The Bucks are just the Bucks are just too powerful for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just going to steamroll this team um, out the building four one in this series. Okay, I mean, there's not much to say about it. Mm-hmm. Next. <laughs> Last series, the Philadelphia 76ers against the Toronto Raptors. This is going to be a very problematic series for, for, for uh, Philly. Yes, yes, Matisse Thibel can't play in Toronto. Okay. Yep. He's their best defender, probably one of the best athletes on the team, and he's unavailable for games three, four, and six if it goes that far. Uh, oh, oh, it will. Okay. Okay. This is going to be a tough series for Philly. They are like Toronto athletically there's a major advantage for 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 Toronto mm-hmm. athletically they're going to be able to do some things against uh, Philly it's going to be very tough for Philly to win this series but i think they will win because they have the best player Joel Embiid and mm-hmm. they had the second best player in James Harden but as a team Toronto's a better team the coaching advantage is for Toronto and i think yeah, that Nick is going Nurse, to Nick Nurse is an amazing that player. is going to extend the series I got Sixers four games of three. Oh, we agree. The, um, four yes. games of three. I got this. So, so, so I had three series going to seven. This is one of them. Um, Sixers over Raptors in seven. Number one because Stiebel can't play in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is gonna is gonna be huge. Um, and I feel also Nick Nurse and there's rumors that he might come to LA. He ain't coming to LA. He he is staying put in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not coming to LA. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's an amazing coach. Um, but I got this series going to seven. Uh, Sixers getting by, and you're gonna get to see a lot of Scott. Listen, Scott. Listen, because of Embiid, they're gonna win this series. Mm-hmm. 
I want you to watch what Scotty Barnes does to James Harden in this series. Watch that. Yeah, it's going to be problematic for James. Watch Very that. problematic for James. All right. So those are our playoff predictions. We'll post them on the Facebook group. And I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to be right on most of these. I want to see. I'm interested to see if we get any of these wrong. Not in terms of whether it's a five or six game series, but on whether the team that we select is going to be uh, the right team. So I think it's going to be a riveting playoffs. They start today. The playoffs are going to be exciting. The playoffs are going to be extremely, extremely competitive. This is going to be, like I said, one of the most more competitive playoffs that we have experienced in recent memory. Right. I think we, is, I, and, and I think we say that every year. This is going to be one know, of the most competitive playoffs. I want to reiterate this point is that this is good for the league. The yep. league needs – you want competition throughout. You want competitive series all throughout. You don't want a series mm-hmm. where it's like – Oh man, this is just gonna be a beatdown. So th- this is great for the league. It's mm-hmm. also great for the fans to see very competitive series. So like, it's not like the past where a one versus an eight. You're like, oh man, this is gonna be a mm-hmm. slap in the park. We have some very competitive series. Yeah. Um, and so, um, like the one versus eight in the East is dangerous. That is a dangerous matchup. Yeah. The two and seven in both conferences is a dangerous matchup, right? And mm-hmm. so, um, we. It's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to it, you know, same with you. I don't know how late I'm going to stay up. It's going to, it, it's going to depend on the outcome of the series. Yeah. When those late games come on, if I'm going to stay up and watch those late games, mm-hmm. um, you know, I may watch like, like maybe the first half up to, you know, up to the third quarter, depending. Some of them I will watch, mm-hmm. especially Golden State and Denver. I, 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 I'm, I want to see, I'm personally, I, I'm a big Clay Thompson fan. I am concerned about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, he, he's been out two years. I've watched some of his play. He looks like a shell. Like I was going to say shell be, of his former self. Like, right. like I was looking at, at least 70% Clay. But like, he's, I'm looking at 50% Clay. I've been seeing 50% Clay. No, I disagree. I don't think Clay is at yeah. 50%. He, here's, here's the thing. He's not going to be able because he needs to get his legs under him. So it's not like, it, you know, before he can give you 25 one night and then turn around and give you 25 right. the very next night. I don't that's no that longer, that's, yeah, that's no longer the case. Right. He's no longer capable of that. He can drop 40 on you, okay? Right. Don't be, don't, like, uh, kid around and think, oh, well, Clay is just a shell of himself. You leave him open, he'll burn you, okay? Clay, like I said, coming off those two major injuries, he needs this, the, the rest of this year, of course, in the playoffs, and then a full off season of training to get to get close to what he's going to be for the rest of his career. So I think you judge him based on what you see next season as opposed to what you see now. He's still kind of getting his legs under him. Those were two uh, really, really huge injuries that he suffered, like the worst ACLs and Achilles. Right. There's not much, you know, much worse that you can get in terms of leg injuries for yeah. basketball players. He has a new leg. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So... You know, we'll see what takes place or what transpires, but uh, we want to hear what you have to say about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the NBA playoffs. Are we are we correct? Do you think Boston will beat the Brooklyn Nets? Do you think okay. that the Phoenix Suns are going to just run right through the the West? Yep. Um, do you think Toronto will catch Philly and knock them out of the playoffs? Possibly. Interesting. Interesting. Hit us up, bloodbrothersballin at gmail.com. That is bloodbrothersballin, B-A-L-L-I-N, at gmail.com. 
Instagram at Brothers Ballin Podcast, and then Facebook group, Brothers Ballin Sports. Join the Facebook group. We have a lot of conversation. We have some polls. Uh, go ahead and let us know what you think. This is fun. This is the NBA playoffs. And Play this is now. So this is going to be a, like I said, terrific, terrific playoffs. Unfortunately, injuries are playing a part in some of these series, and you will see how that affects the series. But uh, until next week, where we will not do any NBA, we'll talk about, we'll talk briefly about the NBA um, next week, okay? Because next week is our second mm. annual Brothers Ballin NFL Mock Draft. NFL mock draft next week, guys. Can't wait. Looking forward, looking forward to it. All right. We Peace love you out. guys. Peace.